from the NLRPD to KTHV to behind the microphone. It's Scott Romine with Guatney Unplugged. Hi, welcome to Guatney Unplugged. I'm your host, Scott Romine. I hope you're having an awesome Saturday. Our first guest on the show, I have been not able to sleep for a couple of weeks knowing this was going to happen. We've got Peter Cullen, who, of course, is the voice of Optimus Prime from all the Transformers cartoons and films. How are you, Peter? Very good. Thank you, Scott. Man, it's so good to hear from you. Uh... I, you know, I wanted to ask you about something. How cool is it to be, you are extremely famous, yet you can still go to Walmart? <laughs> That's funny. You, you know? Uh, it's, yeah. It's I mean, every, like a, everyone knows Optimus Prime, you know? Well, they do. Yeah, I've discovered that. And um, it happened slowly, of course. It didn't all happen at once. It took years and years before it actually registered that he was popular. Oh, gosh. Extremely. Yeah. I want to go back to before you, you got there to being Optimus Prime and all that. And did you have a huge interest in cartoons and doing, doing voices as a kid? Well, yeah. Yes, I did. Um, a lot of people have interests. You know, when they're in their early years, grade school, for example, and mine were always centered around uh, sounds, people, um, comedy. I was the uh, I, I was the classroom mimic, you know, and uh, I got I, I got a lot of satisfaction about. Well, I guess making people laugh would be the best way to term it. Sure. And to, to do that, it was always mimicking something, whether it was an animal or, or a person or a voice or a sound effect of some kind. It, and that uh, that stood for my entire life. You know, somebody said to me, you know, do what you're going to do in life. You should really love to do. I mean, you should concentrate on the things that make you happy and uh, and make make a living at it. You know, so do what makes you happy. Don't resent doing something you don't want to do and then bury the feelings that you have deep inside for something you love. So I pursued that in a, at, at a very early age, it was implanted in me and uh, I never veered from it. I just was there uh, constantly having fun and enjoying life, and, uh, getting in trouble a lot too, by the way. So. <laughs> well, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. Exactly right. So yeah. I grow up loving Optimus Prime and He-Man and all these things. What was that for you? What what cartoon characters were you trying to maybe imitate or something as a kid? What was your favorite? Well, certainly to answer that, Scott, it would have to reflect the success of of Optimus Prime and how that uh, that story. Um, plays out on Optimus Prime uh, it, it's worldwide and um, has uh, left an imprint on a lot of people's lives that I've come to understand and uh, and, and know but it, in particular the uh, the character of Optimus Prime was uh, formed uh, from my brother Larry uh, my older brother, Larry, 13 months older. And I tell this story often, uh, 
certainly because it, it it's true and and uh, it, it's very close to me. My brother passed away several years ago. He was a uh, captain in the Marine Corps, served in Vietnam, and uh, he was a he was uh, a hero. He did. with his um, Purple Hearts. He also had a Bronze Star with uh, with V and uh, Wow. He is. He was always my hero and best friend. You know, we grew up together, doing things together. He was six inches taller, uh, <laughs> with with red hair and hazel eyes. And here I am with uh, five foot six, and um, with black hair and blue eyes. So, but we shared everything together, and uh, that Irish family unit you know the, the carrot top and uh and, and walnut and peanut they used to call it sure you know? anyway he was always my my leader inspiration and uh the story goes as uh i hope i'm not boring no you're you. fine i think you guys <laughs> maybe lived together in california when you went to the tryout or something well yeah that's exactly right um I've told the story so many times that it's just I get uh, I get I still get that pit in my stomach, you know. The um, I was going to the audition for the Transformers Voice of Optimus Prime, and uh, I had no idea what it was, Scott. It was told to me by my agent, you know, telling me where to go for the audition. Sure. And, uh, so he said, "What's it for?" I asked. He said, "You're going to be a truck." I said, a truck, okay. It's my brother, coincidentally. <laughs> Which is not unusual, because I would go out and impersonate all kinds of things. You sure. Know, a, car that, a car that couldn't get started in the morning, you know, with a, a battery that's going dead and stuff like that. I'd have to come up with a sound. But in this particular instance, uh, when I was leaving our apartment that day, we were sharing an apartment in Burbank. And he said, Pete, where are you going? And I said, um, going to an audition for a truck. He said, a truck? He said, what kind, I, well, what kind of a truck? I said, it's a big truck. I think uh, it's an 18-wheeler. I'm not sure exactly. Sure. But you know. he says, well, that's interesting. What are you going to do? I said, I don't know. He's a leader. And then he paused for a second. Well, Peter, if you're going to be a leader, be a real leader. Don't be a Hollywood phony and pretender and all that crap. You know, it's a, be a real re uh, leader, you know, be strong enough to be gentle, you know, and uh, don't go yelling and screaming and doing all that crap. And he said, uh, leaders don't do that, you know. They're very generous and, uh, and they, 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 they care. And uh, so just keep that in mind. And his voice had changed when he was describing it to me. And for some reason, while I was driving to the audition, I could hear his voice and how it had change he said be a be a real leader you know don't go yelling and screaming right and it so when i read read for the uh the part in this little tiny room with a microphone and uh, the script on an easel and i i, I just started reading in that tone and about two weeks later i discovered that i got the part so so was it kind of an impression of your brother it was. It was. Well, we have similar similar range. Um, you know, we 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 can both be you know heavy baritones when we want to get down. You know that kind of right, feeling. Right. Right. But uh, 
and so I was easy to impersonate him. I used to, as a matter of fact, on the telephone. I answered, "Hello, no, this is Larry." <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, that's very cool that uh, Optimus Prime is basically an impression of your brother. I mean, that's yeah. that's very very cool. Now, I remember you also being the voice of Car, which was the bad guy Night Rider Car. Yeah. And you did a couple yeah, episodes of that, I guess. I did. Uh, I don't remember it very much of it, but it, it, it was just a low voice, but menacing. Yeah, well, I remember it well. I mean, it was uh, it was life or death for me back in the eighties. <laughs> the, the the bad guy Knight Rider car. Now you wow, wow. you also at some point in time were King Kong, correct? I was. Yeah. Um, in the 80s, they came out with um, King Kong lips, and I've um, I, I looked it up the other day, and you know, not remembering it as a movie, I certainly didn't go and see it, but I saw enough of it when I was doing the 11 reels of King Kong and Mrs. Kong. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> they brought somebody else to do the baby, but <laughs> I look back at that fiasco and. Uh, I, uh, as I said, there were 11 reels. It didn't win any uh, Oscars. No, <laughs> no, no, it didn't. Peter, you fought Arnold Schwarzenegger. You're the predator. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're the predator. That's it. Something like that. And and did you do... I know that some of the lines are Bill Duke's lines kind of like repeated, but Predator did say a few lines. I guess you did that part too? Well, it was... Uh, it, it, it was a little confusion when I went to that audition at 20th Century Fox because they wouldn't tell me what the Predator was. They wouldn't show me any pictures of him. And I said, well, what am I doing here? I said, I, I already told them I wasn't going to do any monsters or animals. I had just done King Kong, and I had been coughing up blood. Ah. So I said, I, I'm not going to do that. And um, I said, if I, if I can't see what I'm doing, I, think I can't create a, a sound or a voice. So they relented finally, and they showed me a picture of him at the end of the film where he takes off this helmet and reminded me of an upside-down horseshoe crab when I was a kid. Uh, it was on the beach, and it was upside down, and bubbles were coming out of its uh, its opening, <laughs> and, and it was, they were popping sounds, making that uh, that kind of which is just I can't do it right. <laughs> it's just so iconic. I mean, if you hear Darth Vader breathing, you know what that is. When you hear that predator just, sound, you know it's the predator. I know it. It was it was kind of strange. Because I was just trying to save my voice. I, I didn't want to come up with any horrible sounds. And so that was the, the easiest thing to do, was that imitate the, the bursting bubbles coming from that horseshoe crab. But, uh, yeah, he's gone on to be uh, be duplicated many times by, uh, by other movie companies doing the same Predator sounds. So you didn't necessarily do the sound for the other Predator films? Well, they just lift. They lifted it from the original one, and they ah. use it on all the other ones. But on they, all they the don't other tell ones. you. They don't tell you about that stuff. You know, they just go ahead and do it. You have to. You have to get 
the uh, the union and your agents and stuff involved with that to get any uh, any justice. But I got you. Well, anyway. Hey, so back when you were doing Transformers, you were also some voices on G.I. Joe. Were all those in the same studio, the same place? Uh, well, they, there was a, a director, his name was Wally Burr, and uh, Wally did Transformers for Generation 1 back in the 80s, about the same time we were doing G.I. Joe. And um, it very possibly was the same studio. I know... We had a couple that we used, but um, uh, I can't remember their names. Really? Hey, do you, I got to ask you this just as a fan. Do you have a room full of this Transformers stuff? You've probably been given tons of it over the years. (laughs) I have. Coincidentally, I just received two huge boxes from Hasbro Toys back in Providence, Rhode Island. And uh, they blocked the front door. The boxes were so big, and I opened them up, and they're all kids' toys for my grandchildren. That is uh, awesome. (laughs) We had, Scott, we had just uh, come from the uh, premiere of uh, uh, Bumblebee at the uh, TCL Theater, which is the old Grauman's Chinese Theater in Hollywood. I know it well with all the characters out front. (laughs) Yeah. And... uh, it was a really stupendous opening, and um, uh, it was well received. And it's a great movie, and uh, I recommend it to uh, you know parents and their kids. You know, it's uh, it's general. To me, it looks like what I wanted it to be from the start, where yeah. you're yeah. the original versions of the characters. Yeah, they're getting back to the roots, which is timely and uh, most timely. Oh, it's, it's perfect. Time. I got to ask you, Peter, did you expect the backlash when Optimus Prime died in 86? That was a big deal. Yeah, I didn't know it. I didn't know it at the time. I looked at it as, uh, you know, there goes, uh, there goes, uh, you know, my paycheck, you know, because, you know, you just, you got used to a bunch of guys, you know, for a couple of years and um, going into the studio and, uh, having fun and frolicking and being funny. And then all of a sudden it comes to an end, but you know, so does the paycheck. And, uh, I didn't realize how successful he had become. And, um, I'm, su- I'm surprised that I was asked my, the first question I asked was, well, what did I do? You know, I mean, it, it's, uh, the character not popular. I guess he sucks. <laughs> yeah. It was you the know, most was popular it. character. It was a dumb thing to do, but, uh, you know, it also steered the G.I. Joe movie in another direction because originally their main character was going to die in kind of a clone of the Transformer movie. And uh, Yeah, I, it all comes down to merchandising, I think. I'm not sure, but that's not my end of it. You know, uh, those are the marketing guys. And Did you ever get a chance to suggest or maybe steer a storyline with Optimus Prime? Nah, not really. No. No? I, 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 no. No, I just um, went with the flow. I never asked questions or or uh, had any... Uh, it was always very well written for me. I mean, they realized it uh, from the very beginning that uh, most of us had nailed our characters, and uh, they just uh, went with the flow. When you heard... 
When you heard, Peter, they were going to make a movie of Transformers, did what did you think? Did you think you'd be involved from the start? or? Well, they killed me in the first one in 1986. Right. And um, so... It was, there was a lot of drama going on between um, those years, you know, and I had no interest in it at all, you know. After 1986, I just went on with my life, but um, paid no attention to it until the movies, they started talking about bringing Optimus Prime back. And you got to remember, that's when the internet was starting to, you know. That's work. right, yeah. So, and... The uh, the Generation One crowd, uh, who I'm forever grateful to, uh, they the ones that started the uh, the back talk on it, and uh, that promoted itself all the way to the heads of Paramount and uh, Hasbro, and they started realizing that uh, I was a consideration to the point where Michael Bay had uh, called the agency and said, get him in here to audition for the role again. So I had to audition for it all over again years later. It had to be you. <laughs> it just oh, had, yeah. it had to be you. I'm, I'm one of those oh. G1 fans that felt that way. Oh, I thank you for that, that Scott. That's, that's kind. And, and certainly the people that believed in me all the way back then, I, I, I just, uh, I love those. I, I love that crowd. They're, they they mean a lot to me, and we have something in common. And, uh, I was blessed to be in that movie with you. My my our no. mutual our mutual friend Corey Eubanks got me on the set, and I'm an extra in one of the scenes. So that's fantastic. That was kind of cool to be a Transformers <laughs> fan, right. and, and and all that stuff to end up in it. I want to ask you real quick about a guy that fans like me never got to meet which is a guy named chris lata i believe who played uh of course starscream and cobra commander you had have interacted with this guy what was he like intense uh a very intense character um in real life as well he uh very talented but when he performed there was uh an a sense, uh, an aura in the in the in the studio. It, the intensity would uh, magnify. Wow! At least twice or three times as much, and he he would work himself into a sweat doing his character. <laughs> I gotta let the hang on. I gotta let the cat out. Optimus what? Prime letting the cat out. <laughs> what the unplug was Scott Romine. So cool to have Peter here with us on the show. Thanks, Scott. No, Chris was a great talent, and um, he was sorely missed when he decided to leave this planet. Uh, Terrible. Uh, yeah, he didn't decide it. I'm sure it was uh, it was certain nobody's intention to leave purposely, but it was a surprise to us that uh, a man with so much energy and so much to give, you know, was robbed so quickly in his life. Wish I could have met him. I got a minute left. I want to ask you, do you remember ever getting to do something really fun or special for maybe a special needs fan or something where you called this Optimus Prime? Oh, yeah. I had to make a wish foundation is, is one of my, you know, loves. And uh, it, it's to see the, the effect that 
something you've done in your life can do to somebody else. It's, uh, there's, that's something in my life I'll always be greatly uh, respected, respectful for, and uh, appreciative of. So, yeah, it's around to to uh, the conclusion, you know. I can imagine getting a call for time would be a pretty huge deal. It is fun. It's fun, and, and I'm blessed to have that opportunity. And certainly, it's it's a, it's a great gift, and uh, I never forget that for a moment, you know. And for the people that are responsible, including my brother Larry. So, well, thank you so much. We've run out of time, but Peter, it's been great to talk to you. Um, well, do you mind giving us a one quick line as Optimus Prime? Autobots transform and roll out. Man, that's just. That's just so awesome. Thank you so much. Peter Cullen, Scott Romine with the Guatney Unplugged. You guys have a great Saturday. We'll be right back after this.